Welcome to the Social DJ Podcast, where we talk about ways that DJs and event professionals can succeed on social media. Every Wednesday, we'll help you guys get more traction in your business, help you showcase your work for potential clients looking to hire you, and bring the social back into social media. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe, like, and rate this podcast so we can help more people change the way that they think about social media. Now, without further ado, let's get started with the episode. What's going on, guys? It is Justin the DJ. You know, before we get started today, I really just want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast week after week. And all the people that have been sending me DMs on Instagram, just giving me, you know, some feedback on the show. And for everyone who's just been super nice and and saying how much the the podcast has really helped them improve the content that they've been making on social media, improving their profiles, and really thinking about the mindset shift of how you want to perceive yourself online, on social media, for potential clients or whoever you're targeting on social media. And, you know, I really appreciate it. So if you guys have any feedback, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Or if you want to chat and just say what's up, shoot me a DM on Instagram, guys. My DMs are always open for every single person who sends me a message. So feel free to shoot your shot (laughs) in my DMs. (laughs) But really today, we're just going to be talking about a couple things. It's going to be a super quick episode. You know, this past weekend... On Friday, I DJed at this bar slash restaurant in downtown Dallas called The Henry. So I've DJed at The Henry a couple of times over the last year. And I actually stumbled across this, I guess it's like some sort of event finding company. Uh, The company is called Gig Finesse. And like they reached out to me and said, hey, we got a couple gigs here and there. You want to do them? And I was like, you know what? It is slow season here in Dallas. I think the first time I did an event with them, it was like December last year, like after Christmas. So like the end of December, January, February is a bit slow here in Dallas just because not a whole lot of people like to get married when it's a little a little chilly outside. So I picked up a couple events using this company, Gig Finesse, and it's been great. You know, every couple of weeks or so, they'll, they'll throw me an event. The pay's not super crazy high, but you know, it's, it's honestly, it's better than, it's better than making zero money. And the work is really minimal. You know, it's, you know, showing up, setting up a little bit of equipment. They usually have a house system. So I come in with my Rev 7, I plug in and I just really play honestly, whatever I want. And it is a bar too, so nobody's dancing. There's no expectation for the music. And it's really been a fun time. It's been really great. Except for the last couple of times that I've been DJing at the Henry. Um, It's been kind of the same vibe overall. Like, no one dancing really. They're really just hanging out and drinking and eating food and, and having a good time. But I guess they had some sort of management shift at the Henry, because the last two times that I went there, um, the manager asked me to play house music. And I'm cool with house music, you know. House music's great, especially when you can play some remixes here and there. But just playing house music, like, four to five hours straight, I just get so bored. Just hearing the Honestly, it's just really boring to me, you know? 
and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but I've never really been a fan of house music or tech house or anything like that. I just feel like being able to kind of switch things up and go in different directions, you know, when I'm DJing at a wedding, I'll play a couple house songs, but I'll also throw in some hip hop or I'll also throw in some, I'll also throw in some older songs or I'll also throw in, you know, some typical like pop music or nineties music or, or something random, like just go out of left field, but just playing straight house music. I've just never been a fan of it. And especially when you're DJing for people, I feel like house music is kind of like a baseline. It really doesn't help improve the energy of the room much unless the people are like really, really into house music. But if it's like a restaurant or a bar, they're not there to listen to music. They're there to hang out and eat. And house music doesn't stand out to people because it's really, I feel like it's just like background music, honestly. The last couple of times I DJed at the Henry, I was all over the place. And there's even been a couple of times where I was playing like hip hop music and, and a bunch of people like started getting up out of their seats from the bar and were like dancing around the bar, which was really cool. And they were just like, I remember one time there was like a, a dance circle and they, some guy was doing like the worm at a bar. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man, it was crazy, but I guess they don't want people to, to have fun at this bar. So I'm just playing house music now, apparently. So, but the good thing is that was probably going to be the last time that I'm going to be DJing at the Henry for the rest of the year. I just have a bunch of weddings coming up and to fit that in my schedule is a bit tough. And especially because I want to make sure I am properly prepped for all of my weddings. And, you know, those obviously take priority, 100%. So, I probably won't be able to DJ at the Henry for the rest of the year, but that's okay because I'm not really interested in playing house music, not going to lie. So so this kind of leads towards the next thing that I wanted to chat with you guys today. You know, last week I posted a couple of stories on my Instagram that asked you guys a couple of questions about yourselves, your DJ skills, and some other basic questions about your business as a DJ. One of the first questions that I asked was, how much do you get paid to DJ per event? Some of the options were 200 or less, 200 to 1,000, 1,000 to 2,000, and over $2,000 to DJ at an event. Now with all of the votes counted, it ended up being 27% charges $200 or less, 50% charge 200 to 1,000, 16% said 1,000 to 2,000, and 7% said over $2,000 to DJ at an event. With that in mind, that basically means that 77% of all the respondents charge less than $1,000 to DJ at an event, whether it's a wedding or a club or a bar or whatever. Now, obviously, weddings, you could charge a lot more than DJing at a club or a bar, but depending on that club or bar, you could still make a good amount of money for sure. So that leads me to what I wanna chat with you guys today about properly charging for your skills as a DJ, the effort, the work you guys are putting into when it comes to providing music or providing a service at these events. 
And I think this topic is going to apply heavily to the wedding DJs that are listening right now because they have a lot bigger budgets and they also require more, more equipment, more effort and work and more planning and all that kind of stuff comparing to a club and a bar. Now, when it comes to a wedding, a lot of times you bring your own equipment, almost everything. You're going to need your speakers, you're going to need your mixer, your microphones, your music, yourself. And before we get into this, I got to give a big shout out to my man, Alex Nepa from the Sips and Ish podcast. He actually talked about this on his podcast, so make sure to check it out as well. Now, I want you guys to take a moment and think about all of the equipment that you bring to every single event you DJ at. How much does all of that equipment cost? You know, you might have some speakers, some wireless microphones, your mixer, of course. How much it costs for you to have all the music that you need for the event? all the record pools, all the subscription services? How much is your effort and your time and your manual labor of setting all this equipment up, how much is that worth to you? Going back to the equipment, think about this. How much would it cost to rent that equipment? Because let's say if you're charging $500 for an event, right, at this wedding, and this couple is getting the speakers, the microphones, the mixer, the music, all that kind of stuff for $500, instead of them booking you to DJ, how much would it cost them to rent all that equipment or the bare minimum the equipment needed to provide proper audio, microphones, and sound, all that kind of stuff for that wedding? And we're going to find that out today. So I'm going to call my local guitar center and we're going to see how much it costs for a couple in my area to rent my DJ equipment. So let's find out. Thanks for calling Guitar Center Central Dallas, where we offer lessons to Sean. Hey, how's it going? I was just calling to see if you guys had uh, equipment rentals at all. Oh, uh, yeah, we were. Uh, what did you need? Uh, I was looking to see how much it would cost to get a couple speakers, some stands, maybe like a microphone, a mixer... Give me one second. I'm going to put you on a brief hold. Sure. We're on hold now. <laughs> Stand by. All right. So you could rent audio package A, uh, which gives you two K-12s. Uh, it'd be $75 a day. It'd be $100 for the weekend or $150 for a week. And if you wanted to get a mixer, it'd be $25 a day for the mixer, $35 for the week. If you wanted a wired mic, it'd be $10 a day, and the wireless microphone would be $40 a day, $55 for three days. And there's also your deposit would be the full amount of the rental fee, uh, and then you would re- once you return the gear, you'd get your deposit back as long as it's back on time. Okay, and when you say on time, like if I were to pick up equipment on a Friday, when would you need it back? If you wanted to rent it for the week or the weekend, it would be three days, so it would be Friday, Saturday, you have to come back Sunday. Uh, if you want to do it for a day, it would be the next day before we close, which is 9 o'clock. Uh, I also wanted to see if you guys had equipment rentals for any lighting as well as any DJ mixers at all. Um, in terms of lighting, all I really have at this location is just some like, basic like par lights. Okay. Like $10 per light or something like that. How much is it? It's like 10 or $15 per light, I think. We used to have a new mark at this store. Um, I think it was, I want to say it was like $60 for a day, $100 for a weekend, something like that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no problem, dude. 
So with all of that in mind, your total price for two speakers on stands, an external mixer, one wireless microphone, an actual basic DJ controller, and then four lights comes down to $265. So if you're a DJ that brings all of that equipment and you charge $500 to DJ at the wedding, essentially your equipment is worth $265, which is about over half of your actual total rate. So essentially the couple is paying you $265 to rent your equipment and then paying you personally $235 for you to DJ. So you might be there for eight to 10 hours sometimes. That's including, you know, setup time, teardown time, you actually DJing and all that kind of stuff. So if you're there for 10 hours, $235 divided by 10, that's $23.50 an hour you guys are getting paid to DJ at these events. Now tell me, do you think that is worth it? Some of you might think that's worth it, and honestly, I don't blame you, but from being in the DJ industry, the wedding industry for about seven years now, I can tell you this is that your services are worth so, so much more than that. $500 to DJ at a wedding and you make $235, essentially 20 bucks an hour is really low, not gonna lie. And, you know, like I said, it's really about how much you find your time is worth. And really by you charging $500 to DJ at these weddings, you're giving your clients such a bargain because it's gonna cost them $265 to rent all the equipment. But if they can pay twice as much and have someone else bring the gear, set it up, and be there to run all the music and do all the announcements and take care of everything music and MC related, it makes perfect sense for them to hire a $500 DJ rather than them renting the equipment. Because really, when it comes to booking a DJ, it's not about the equipment that you're bringing, it's about booking you as the DJ. They wanna have a professional DJ at their event, and they want somebody who's able to keep people on the dance floor and having a great time and making the right announcements to make sure everybody knows what's going on and all that kind of stuff. If you're only charging $500, the only person that's getting screwed over is you. So if you're a DJ that's charging 500 bucks to DJ at some of these events, especially weddings, I would definitely recommend you guys readjusting that price point that you're setting yourself at because you're worth so much more, especially if you've been DJing for a while or you take it very seriously. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast tells me that you're taking this very seriously because you know, not a lot of DJs are on social media and really taking that aspect seriously. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're charging $500 to DJ at an event, stop. You need to up your rate, at least bare minimum, double it, even triple it, because I promise you, you're worth it. I know raising your rate can be scary. I have been scared to raise my rate in the past, but every time I have done it, I'm so glad I did. 
At the beginning of this year, I was charging $1,500 to DJ at a wedding. And since then, I have doubled my rate to $3,000. And I was super nervous when I made that last jump to that $3,000 price point. But since then, I've already booked about 10 weddings in the last, I want to say, three to four months. And that's even during the slow booking season. We're about to really kick it off in the next couple of months. So honestly, I'm super glad that I raised my rate. I'm going to be able to, of course, make more money at that price point, but I'll also be able to work less and honestly be happier because I'm going to have a less workload and make more money. Why not? You know? And if people are willing to pay you for a higher price DJ, that just gives you more reassurance that you're doing something right. So for all the DJs, and I've said this so many times already, but if you're charging 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, even $1,500 to DJ at a wedding, I would highly consider you taking a look at how much your time, your effort, your energy, and your equipment, and your skills as a DJ is worth to you and make those adjustments. Now, one of the last things that I wanted to chat with you guys today, this one leans more towards the social media aspect that this entire podcast is based on. I know we've been talking about just DJ topics for the last couple of minutes or so, but I, you know, I got a question on Instagram a couple weeks ago about how to deal with haters on social media. You know, when it comes to taking some of the advice that I've given you in the last couple of episodes in this podcast, you may have posted a couple reels or a couple photos, or maybe you're posting more stories or, or whatever it is, and you're going to slowly beginning to get more traction on that content that you're posting, and you're going to get more and more fresh eyes on that stuff. And with that, it can sometimes bring trolls, <laughs> people that are just there to hate on you and say mean things. Like for example, if you ever post like a mixing video on Instagram or TikTok, you're bound to have somebody in the comments say, well, bro, you suck or something along the lines of, well, I could have done it better or this is fake or, <laughs> you know, I used to post mixing videos on Instagram and people would legit say that it was fake. And I'm just like, are we watching the same video right now, bro? Like what? <laughs> So today I'm going to give you guys some tips and advice on how to deal with the haters on some of your social posts. Obviously, one of the first things that you can do when you have a hater <laughs> is to just, of course, ignore them. One thing I always think about when somebody goes out of their way to say something mean or hurtful or hateful in my comment section is to think about why they're doing it in the first place. Like, what gives somebody the motivation to go out of their way to spew such mean and hateful things in your comment section? And it's always people that, like, you've never heard of, you have no idea who they are, you go to their profile, and it's just, like, either on private, or they don't have any content, zero posts, zero followers, and they're just trolling. They're just a troll. Of course, sometimes they're DJs, too. I think the reason why a DJ would go out of their way to say something hateful on another DJ's post is because they're jealous. They are jealous of you and they are noticing that you are actually better than them and they are seeing you a tier above them. 
And when that happens, if somebody sees you above them, what is something that they can do in that moment to bring you down? Of course, the easiest thing to do is to say something mean or hateful in the comments, to try and bring you down and bring themselves above you. And really, that has nothing to do with you because it's all about them. They're probably in a bad place. They probably have some issues that they need to work on. They probably need to go see somebody because they have something that they're not dealing with. And in order for them to control that issue that they're having in their mind, in their heart, they're targeting you. They're targeting you instead to make them feel better about themselves. So really when somebody jumps in your comment section and spews hate or says your mix sucks or your trash or your fake DJ, literally the first thing to do is just straight up ignore them because they're the ones with the issue, not you. Another thing to think about is that people that are happy, people that are happy with the way that their life is going or happy with their skills as a DJ or happy with just everything about themselves, happy people don't spew hate in the comments. So when somebody is doing that, just know that they're not in a great place and that it's nothing personal. It's not about you. You're not actually a bad DJ. They're feeling self-conscious about themselves because of the video that you posted. And really that overall means that you're doing a great job. That means not only are you posting on social media, but you're posting good content or it was a great mix or, or whatever it is. Like when you get haters, that actually means that you're doing something right because you're putting yourself out there, you're showing your skills, you're you're letting people know your abilities as a DJ and in turn, you're gonna get haters but you're also gonna get people that really love what you do and maybe even people that might wanna book you eventually down the line, you know? So when you get haters, you're doing something right. And you know, sometimes I get the same thing, you know, at some of the weddings that I've been DJing at lately, I actually go live on TikTok. So I have this little iRig stream that I plug into my phone and I prop it behind me, behind my podium booth, and I just go live. You know, the people on TikTok can see like an over-the-shoulder shot of me DJing. They can see one of my decks, but then they can also see the crowd in front of me as well. You know, whenever I go live on TikTok at a wedding, I get a lot of people watching. And honestly, I feel like it's because they love people watching over me actually DJing, which is fine, you know, but, you know, people will make comments about how the people are dancing or people might make comments about how white the wedding is or, or how they'll even say things like how bad the music I'm playing is or, or, or stuff like that. Just being mean and hateful or even jumping to conclusions about the wedding as a whole. You know, a perfect example would be the last wedding that I streamed on TikTok, the last, I want to say two or three songs were all songs from the Shrek soundtrack. <laughs> so the the second to last song was All Star by Smash Mouth. And the last song was I'm a Believer. Um, I believe that one's also by Smash Mouth. 
and the TikTok comments lit up. Oh, I can't believe this DJ is playing these trash songs, these tr- Shrek songs at this wedding. I can't believe it. This DJ's trash. He's going to get fired, all this kind of stuff. And they don't know what's going on. They had no idea that right before I played those songs, the bride literally came up to me and told me to play them. They have no idea. So why should I let the TikTok trolls take over my mind and make me feel like I'm a bad DJ when I'm actually doing a great job? And not only a great job, I'm doing exactly what I'm getting paid to do and listening to my clients directly. Screw the TikTok trolls because they don't matter at all. They are not my clientele. The people that actually appreciate good DJs or people that actually appreciate what a wedding DJ does or my skills as a DJ or whatever, those are my clientele. When you're getting trolls or you're getting haters, that means you guys are doing something right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Social DJ Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate this podcast so we can help more people change the way that they think about being on social media. If you guys have any feedback or questions for the show, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at JustinTheDJ. Again, thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye.